Welcome back to another episode of Meredith with a Y. I am your host, Meredith Willits, and I am here again with Allison. And I have absolutely no idea what we're going to talk about, so stay with us. Hello, everyone. This is Meredith with a Y, and I am your host, Meredith Willits. Today, we are going to go deep, changing lives, and I am giving you the keys to the castle. Okay, Allison. So, what doing today? What are we? What are we getting into? You texted me last night and kind of threw me for a loop. So, I'm curious if that's what you want to talk about. It's not. So, okay. let's go for another loop. <laughs> <laughs> so, I had a dream the other night, and sometimes I get these crazy dreams, and sometimes I really feel connected to them, like they are guidance or messages, and. I don't know if anyone else out there, you know, experiences this, but I also sometimes have crazy dreams that are kind of like premonitions of things that happen, but that's a whole nother story. So anyway, the other night I had a dream and I just had this calling to talk about authenticity Mm -hmm. and being human and what it really means to live out, live this human life in an authentic way. And I mean, that's something specifically that I've always been drawn to. I know you and I talk about it a lot in appointments. So, but for whatever reason, it just kind of came to me. And I feel like when things like that come, you got to listen. So here we are. So here we are. Well, I, you know, a lot of people are so curious about dreams. And I actually had a client the other day and he was talking about, he's like in his twenties and we were talking about his sleep cycles being like, he goes to sleep at five o'clock or, you know, three o'clock in the morning, wakes up at 11 o'clock in the morning or noon. And I was, you know, I personally struggle with sleep because I feel like it's a waste of time. And I really kind of dove into that and started understanding that when we sleep, we are actually either working through problems of, you know, real life problems, you know, like it might be working through a stressor that our ego can't deal with working through, or we could be entering kind of like another dimension and living another life that's on another dimensional plane. So the thing with dreaming is really actually profoundly important. It's not just about resting our body. It's about working through things and experiencing like other lifetimes, basically. So I just want to touch on that quickly, because I know a lot of people have, you know, are curious about dreams and premonitions. Like if we remember back, there is no such thing as space or time. So when you're having a premonition, you're just seeing another lifetime in this lifetime. So everything that's going to happen already has happened. We just haven't experienced yet, which is just like a total mind screw. Mm. But the thing of it is, is you're just kind of catching up to your own reality. And that's kind of like what deja vu is too, catching up to your own reality that your you know, subconscious knows already has happened, is happening. And, you know, and so it's just kind of catch playing catch up with that. As far as authenticity goes, I'm dying laughing because I literally just got off the phone with someone three minutes ago talking to them about being their authentic self. I shit you not. Well, of course you did. Of course I did. I literally just had a phone call with someone about lying. Mm -hmm. And I remember um, when I was, let's see here, I must have been 12. 
So that would put me in, I think I was in sixth grade at the time. And we were in this class and they were talking about, either they were talking about China or they were talking about like traveling, you know, travel and traveling abroad. And I raised my hand and I come up with this crazy ass story about how my family, my parents had visited China and went on this like magical adventure. All of it was bullshit. None of it was true. And it was very out of body. I remember feeling kind of like I was catching up with myself while I was talking. It was very, very surreal. And I've never forgot that moment when I did that. Like, how weird was it that I did that? And why would I do that? And I was like praying to God no one would call my parents and be like, oh, my God, I heard about your amazing trip to China. Yeah. It never happened. And so in my conversation with this person this morning, they had told a lie and they're already the most amazing person. And I had found out about it. And I just wanted to touch base with them and say, you know, when we do this, when we lie, when we show up as our, you know, inauthentically or not as our true self, we are giving the world an, an example of us, basically, really, uh, because it is a part of you, I guess, somewhere that is not you. And we do that because we think that we are not enough. And so I had this conversation with them explaining that when you feel compelled to lie or show up as not you, as this lie or as this character that you're creating, you know, to remember when, when you feel that urge that you are good enough in your own accomplishments or in your own failures or in whatever it is that you are in this moment. And the thing of it is, is when we are not our authentic self, we attract situations and people and jobs and relationships and experiences that are not in line with self. And what they're showing me in this moment <laughs> And I love it so much when they show up. What they're showing me in this moment is this is when we find ourselves in moments of depression, anxiety, and overwhelm because we are not in alignment spiritually with what we are attracting to ourselves because it's not our true self that is attracting the experiment. It's the facade, it's the character that we have created. And so let's say, for example, you are this woman who is pretending to be this seductress and this, like you're really just tapped into your sensuality, even though you're brilliant, even though you're a brilliant businesswoman, but you present yourself to men or, or you present yourself in a relationship kind of setting, right? as this very different person, okay? Well, what will happen is, is that you will attract people that are at the frequency of the facade. And so you will then attract people that maybe are abusive or maybe like false alpha or want to be controlling. So then as you enter into that relationship, it is so off kilter to what your true frequency is, is, now we have anxiety. Now we have depression. Now we have these different feelings that are uncomfortable to us. We're overwhelmed every time we're around this person. 
And so that overwhelmed depression, anxiety, whatever it is, is a direct kind of button, if you will, that's being pushed inside of you that says, this isn't for you. Mm -hmm. This, this isn't right for you. You're not ready for this, or it's not right for you ever. Yeah. What I'm imagining too, as you're talking is the thought of travel. And I think you've talked about this when we are in situations where we can be kind of a new person, right? Like you don't have the people to call you out and say, oh, this is who you are because this is who you've been, right? So you feel this like, you know, this sort of calling of like, okay, like all the pieces are in place and you have to kind of walk through it in a way where, okay, this is how I show up. So this is how I, how I have to continue to show up in, in that facade. But when you travel or when you go into a place where nobody knows who you are, how relaxed and easy does it feel to just be yourself? I mean, maybe I'm just speaking from my point of view, you know, I don't know who else out there has felt like this, but it's like, I actually did a a post about this the other day. It's like everything that you, all those facades, they just like fall off and you can just be there and you can be like, Hey, this is, this is how I want to show up today. And you don't feel like you're letting anyone down. You don't feel like you're not playing the part that you've, you know, constructed for yourself that maybe isn't even you. And I think it's so interesting how the the authenticity piece kind of like ties into being yourself, no matter what the outside mirrors tell you that you are and using your inside as a mirror, because it can change too. I think that's the biggest thing. It's like, okay, if you were this person 10 years ago, you know, this person, quote unquote, you're, you're changing all the time. So your authentic self isn't static. Yeah. It's an evolution of you and who you are. I think that's another piece that. Yeah. Um, sometimes I think the outside, the outside, I think can sometimes become static because people expect a version of you that makes them comfortable. Yeah. You know, and I, I've talked about this before with regard to moving from your childhood hometown to really find yourself because people see you as the sixth year old or the sixth grader or the, you know, the junior in high school that did X, Y, Z, and they kind of keep you in that box. Right. And so to remove yourself from that box so that every time you see this group of girls or this group of guys or those teachers or those coaches, every time you see them, you're not triggered into, Oh yeah, I remember when I made this huge mistake in my life or you know, when I was this person and got caught doing that, or when I was the beauty queen, or, you know, the, the prom queen, and like, you don't want to be the prom queen anymore. You want to be a businesswoman, you know what I mean? Or whatever the thing is that makes you feel encapsulated into that time frame. you know? So I feel like moving, and, and I've said it before, I think one of the biggest growth pieces of my life and transformation and evolution has been moving from place to place since I got married to Jim. Because every time I've moved, I've found a huge step up. You know, I've I've found myself to be able to enter into a new dimension with new humans and new, you know, landscapes, new architecture, new every new clothing, new ways of speaking that I'm allowed to then pick and choose who I want to be, how I want to show up and present myself. Now, when I moved to Chicago, I really led with, because 
you know, where I live in Chicago is like one of the, the top 1% wealthiest cities in the United States. And so Meredith was never going to be that person, right? I was never going to be the youngest, fastest, prettiest, wealthiest. And I was very okay with that. It kind of like took the pressure off because I wasn't even close. And so then I started to lead with in social settings, the psychic, the medium, the I can do this, like trying to pull out my sparkle. And as that has kind of played out, I don't want to lead with that. It's almost like leading with money or leading with, you know, beauty. It's like, this is my most sparkly self, even though I have like, I don't know, 99% of myself behind me. But what's odd about that, I led with it, but I still pretended to be a quote, normal suburban housewife that just was able to do that thing. Like, I'm a total normal person that just has this sparkly characteristic. I wasn't fully encompassing the entirety of what Meredith meant. And so days became exhausting because it was like, oh, look at this party trick that I can do. But don't worry, I'm normal. Yeah. Now I recognize that to fully show show up authentically, that being a psychic medium isn't just something that I can do. It is who I am. It is a part of my sinew. It is a part of my, my existence. It's my, it's a part of my belief system and the way I live my life um, on an everyday, every minute basis. Although I do very normal suburban housewife things, although I do very X, Y, Z things, that is who I am authentically. It's not just a party trick. Well, and you know, what's interesting about that is if you go back to the episode that we did, I think it was titled the mind body connection when we were talking about your abilities and how you do what you do, spirit really showed up for that and really kind of gave you the message. Like, why are you not, why are you not kind of being whole with that part of your life is how I would kind of paraphrase it. Right. Like they were saying, why are you picking and choosing when to use this part of yourself when it is such a part of you, you need to like thread it into your everyday life. And I feel like that came through so strong and so powerfully for you at that time. Do you feel like incorporate that since you've had that message or has that been something you've been aware of, more aware of? I think I'm in kind of a transition between like fully embracing it, you know, because sometimes people perceive spirituality as being very in line and part and parcel of religion, you know, and so... I'm very aware of appearing like preachy or a know-it-all or like my way is the best way. So I think that it's a fine line that I'm kind of walking as far as how does this show up? Mm -hmm. But I think a big part of it is just understanding that the way that I show up to myself inside of all situations to with all people is to be unapologetically myself and whole, which doesn't necessarily mean just in the psychic. Like for example, uh, was it last Friday? I did a, um, I was a like a trolley captain on this tour, this house tour in my hometown where I live now. And, you know, two days prior, I was pouring cement here in Michigan 
all day covered in, you know, dirt and, you know, just a mess. And then, you know, and then two days later, I'm pouring champagne with my Gucci boots on. Right. So it's just like, but I think it's about being all of the things and being okay with it, being okay. Like, and then when I had the trolley, I mean, they gave me a microphone on a trolley. I, I, I mean, that's, that's a huge zone. <laughs> danger zone. I had a microphone and there was music playing and we were pouring champagne all day. And I was living my best life. I was cracking jokes. I was having fun. I was getting, you know, these 28 women riled up, you know, we were dancing and singing and everyone was going crazy. And it was just a beautiful, fun experience. And what was very authentic about that experience is that there was a group of gals who I know who were very kind of subdued in the front of the trolley, not doing the things that the rest of the women were doing. And I didn't care. And Meredith last year would have been kind of side eyeing, like, are you judging me? Are you watching me? What are you thinking? And in that moment, I was showing up as my true authentic self who wanted to have fun, who wanted to be a leader and who wanted to experience all of the fun of the music and that not really caring, not in an obnoxious way, but in a very fun, lighthearted way. So I think being authentic is being all these pieces of Meredith and saying, yeah, yesterday I was cleaning out a sewer and I'm okay with that part of me and I'm proud of that part of me. And then today... I'm wearing Gucci boots and pouring champagne and I'm okay with that part of me. And even though I'm on this very prim and proper home and garden tour, I'm still going to be dancing to, you know, T-Pain and I'm okay with that part of me. You know what I mean? Like, and I'm okay with all of these parts of me that make up and comprise who I am. And so that doesn't mean I'm going to show up in, you know, yoga pants and crystals and like boho chic to all of the things and, you know, have, you know, a princess hat on with flowers. Like that would not be authentically me. That would right. be the character of who you think I should be. Right. Well, and it's interesting too, because there's a part I think there's something so magical about being able to live that much of a breath of life, right? Like you can be, it's almost like I see it like an expansion because you're not so micro in this little box. You can have the experience of pouring the concrete and then go to having the experience of pouring the champagne. You can go from zero to a hundred, like how magical is it to get to live all those different parts and experience all those different things in your life versus no, I need to be in a box. I need to, life needs to look like this and be like this. I feel like it gives such a, just such a, like a beautiful, well-rounded exposure to all of the things that you can experience. And I feel like it makes life richer too, because it's like, you can't, you can't appreciate almost one without the other either, right? Like one extreme to the other, you, you know, they say like, it takes sometimes sadness to appreciate happiness, like that same kind of a thing. How can you appreciate how fabulous it feels to have time to kick up your feet and, you know, be poured champagne and listen to music and relax. And then verse, if you haven't been pouring cunt, right? Like it's, it, it makes it sweeter and not that one is better than the other, but then also it like both of them play off of each other. And I think that's such an amazing thing. 
Yeah, and I think this holds true, you know, especially for like, you know, moms who have so many hats that they wear. You know, they're they are the seductress, they are the breastfeeding mom, they are the working mom. They do want to still be girlfriends and go on a girl's trip. And I think a lot of times we get stuck in a role. You know, like I am a mom, this is what I do. I only, you know, I do I do sports. I do homework, I make lunches, I do laundry, but I'm not the person that does all these other things, you know, because this is the role that I play and I want to play it well. And so they kind of like get, you know, maybe a little bit stuck inside of that, forgetting that they are a whole person outside of being a mom. They're a whole person outside of being someone's wife. I've talked about this before when Jim and I were driving up from Florida to Chicago to move. It took us like four days. We had the plants and the dogs and the kids because you can't put plants in a moving truck. There's that. And so I had an entire car of plants. But so Jim and I were driving, I think it was for like dinner because no, actually we did take, I think maybe we did end up taking just one car. I think we moved the other one. So we were driving up and we were talking and I said, what's the biggest thing that you like, don't like about being, you know, about being married to me. And he was like, I don't know. And he, I think he came up with the fact that I swear, which if that's it, I'm still winning. Right. And (laughs) (laughs) he said, well, and, and basically I asked this question just so he would ask me the question, let's be clear. And so he said, well, what's the thing that you hate about being married to me? And I said, I hate being your wife. And like, you know, all this, you know, blood, you know, went out of his face. He's like, what do you mean? And I'm like, well, when we lived in Philly and when we lived in Florida, I've always been Jim's wife, which came with a lot of parameters, especially at your workplace. You know, don't be too crazy. Don't talk about the psychic medium shit too much. Like you never know who you're in front of. And I said, when we move here to Chicago, I'm no longer going to be your wife. I'm just going to be me. And so I never want to be in a suite with anyone you work with or their wives ever again, because I never want to have to pretend to be someone that I am not to make you and your job comfortable with my existence. And I have never done it in six years that we have now lived in Chicago. And I don't know if it was necessarily just him asking me questions when we lived in other towns, like, what'd you guys talk about? Like, what'd she ask? Like, what did you say? You know, like, I'm sure there is anxiety surrounding that because you don't know, (laughs) you don't know what I'm going to say sometimes, you know, or how people are going to react to it. But I decided that my authenticity and me being comfortable with who I am and being proud of myself and not making myself small was much more important than sitting in a suite with a bunch of executives, wives, or whoever they invited into that dumb suite that day. So I decided that I'm not going to be an extension of my husband ever again, which was funny because the other day here in Michigan, my kids and husband were up here visiting me and we were at a a local restaurant here and we're sitting there having dinner and I'm not paying any attention. And all of a sudden this guy walks up to us and I could see him kind of lurking, walking, right? He's lurking, walking. And I'm like, hi. And he's like, hi, um, are you Meredith? And I'm like, I am. 
And he's like, would you mind if my wife came over and met you? She's a huge fan. And so I'm like, of course, of course. And so she came over and I like, hi, how are you? And she's like, oh my God, I'm such a huge fan. I love what you're doing on Instagram about the house and like everything you say. Well, can I just tell you that my husband took over this conversation like they were coming over to meet him. Ah. He starts jibber jabbering away and telling him all these. I'm like sitting there wide eyed staring at him like, shut the hell up. (laughs) What are you doing? He he lost his mind. I. I'm like, well, so nice to meet you. And like, you know, like I try to play it like very calm and gracious and just like, oh no, Jim was, I go, why don't you, after they left, I go, why don't you just give him the address and a house tour? Like what are you doing? The next morning after I like kind of calmed down because I was a little frustrated that night that he like took over this quote unquote meet, meet and greet, if you will. And I'm like, okay, we're going to do a little press training right now. When someone comes over to meet me, you just kind of sit there like I'll introduce you. You just kind of. But it was funny to watch him take over my thing. And it was because he was excited. He was excited for me. It was like a moment, right? Like it happened one other time, like in Mexico. But thank God he was in the swimming pool at the time and couldn't do that. But (laughs) (laughs) but. You know, I had to tell him, like, this is a Meredith thing. You know, it'd be like if I walked around the White Sox stadium with you and kind of elbowed you out of the way, like, these people want to talk to me. They want to talk to me because of my words and my thing and what I've created. This isn't about you and you need to be okay with it. And again, he did it because he was so excited and he was just like, you know, I don't know. He was excited about the situation and I appreciate that so much, but like, that was a moment where I got to have a conversation with him the next day and take my power back mm-hmm. and, and make it about me because so much of our life is about, you know, Jim Willits, White Sox, blah, 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 you know. And I think through all of these progressions of my life, that was a really cool and interesting moment of me, me telling him you have to be my husband sometimes. Right. That's exactly what I was thinking when you were telling the story. It's like, you just, you went from, you know, the story about you being like, and just so you know, that was super powerful story. I feel like everyone needs to take notes on that. If you're ever moving, go ahead and (laughs) redefine yourself in the car on the way there. Redefine yourself. Put down down the law that on the way in. (laughs) (laughs) So you did, you know, you had this conversation with Jim on the way there about, you know, what that role felt like to be quote unquote, his wife. And then, you know, you, and then she on the other foot, it's like, he's, he's the role of your husband, but like jumped in with two feet in. Right. So it's, it's just so funny too, how we go through these cycles with people and we use them as our mirrors. And you talk about this a lot, you know, we, we're afraid to be our most authentic self because we see how people's react. We see how people react to it. And instead of using ourselves as our mirror, we use them as our mirrors. And then we don't, we don't do the thing because we're afraid to do it because, Oh, well, they think I'm X, Y, Z person or whatever it is. And that's really, I mean, let's just get, let's just get real. That's really hard for people. (laughs) 
to be like, oh, I don't care what people think. Because that's like a deep rooted, like, you know, we need to like be a community to survive passed down through generational type of like, I need to be loved by my parents. So I need to be acceptable, right? Like that's like a deep wound that people have. So, I mean, where do you even start by like, if someone's like, well, where do I even start by like untying all of this and stepping into myself? Like, is it just, you feel the fear and do it anyway? Or do you have to like go in and do inner child work? Like, where do you even start with that? Well, as you're talking, you know, like we need to, we need to look at the biology being just from infancy and seeing our smiling mother's face or fear or scowl, right? So we play off to, should I be afraid right now? Cause mom looks kind of afraid Yeah. Or, I am okay. I am safe. Look at my mom's smiling face. So this is very biological, you know, this is ingrained into who we are physically as humans. And, you know, then we get good praise, we get, you know, bad, bad attention, whatever, based on behavior. So it's definitely a social um, rearing by way of positive and negative feedback. The other thing that I was seeing when you were talking and also taking me back to the trolley situation, what is, you know, like a comedian, right? They know a joke works based on the feedback from the crowd. Everyone mm-hmm. laughed, people were losing their minds, or I told a joke and it fell flat and no one laughed. I'm not going to use that one again. So it's really difficult to gauge how we want to move forward because we are constantly getting feedback of that hit or that didn't hit, that didn't yeah. go over well, right? And when I was on the trolley, you know, I started making a few funny comments and got really good feedback. I started playing music. I got good feedback. People were standing up and laughing. When I got off the trolley, you know, as we visited each houses, the women were coming up to me like, oh my God, we should be friends. And like, I want to join the historic society. If you're going to be there, I got good feedback, which then spurred me to continue or even amp up what I was already doing, right? And so it's difficult. Um, It's not like we're going to all of a sudden live in this vacuum where feedback does not affect us. I think the difficulty lies in where do we start and how do we start? Because we live in this kind of a box, right? Where we live inside of very safe parameters in which I've always gotten positive feedback. This is working. Change is scary. Okay. And so it's not like all of a sudden you're going to wake up one day and be like this complete lunatic, even though there is this one woman on, on TikTok who is a complete lunatic, gets horrible feedback and still keeps going. So, I mean, kudos to her. She like does these like soap water fights in her kitchen. Like it's unbelievable. If anyone knows it's just, I, I tell you her name, but I don't know it. But constant negative feedback keeps going. Good for her. But I think that the thing is, is moving forward and kind of putting your toe in the water and saying, I'm going to try out this authentic part of myself. And what they're showing me in this moment is just because you try it out with one group and it doesn't work, maybe it's just the wrong group. Yeah, Maybe it's just the wrong setting or the wrong person. You know, when I went to Costa Rica with what is now in an extension of my soul family, 
I got to experience being a part, a piece of myself that I had not experienced before. And that was a safe group to experience that with. So let's say you try out something new, perhaps check your setting location and the people you're trying it out with. Clearly dancing around a pole in a trolley to T-Pain at church isn't going to work so well. (laughs) Like we need, we need to make sure that the setting and characters match what you're trying to accomplish, right? But if you want to take a pole class at a pole studio with other pole students, you found your people, right? Pole and students, so, love pole it. Students, pole <laughs> dancing students. And so we need to understand that not every part of self is going to work in every setting with every person. There is a time and place for everything, but that does not mean that you can't be every part of yourself in different settings. It's just, we need to, we need to pick our audience. Right. And so I would say, keep trying things. Like if you keep having this calling to be a painter Go take a painting class. That's why all of these places exist on the planet. You know, if you want to, you know, go try, I don't know, a new career, or if you want to meet new women who are playing sand volleyball, clearly you want to go do a meetup with people that are playing sand volleyball. The thing is not so much, I think, the judgment of people around you. I think sometimes it's just, is this the right time and place for you to be able to experience that part of yourself? Yeah. And I keep, I keep being drawn back to in my mind, this idea of variety. Like I was saying before about how you were just talking about like, you know, pouring concrete versus pouring champagne. And it's like, it's almost like I'm getting this visual. Like, it's like, if you're keeping yourself in such a small little box of who you think you should be, it's like, you're getting to play three notes on the piano. Like that's all the notes you can hear. It's all the notes you can play. And then all of a sudden you start to do other things and all these other notes start, start opening up. And then all of a sudden you can play this beautiful whole piece. And like, my God, how much more incredible is that than just, just living in that tiny little box. And I think the more, in my experience, the more things I've experienced in my life. And it's like, you know, as you get older, you become more wise because you've had more experiences, right? So like the more experiences you can do, especially earlier in your life, they really make the, uh, you know, the stigma of like weird or something being unusual or, Ooh, like, I don't know about that, you know, just kind of like being off put by things we don't know. It really levels the playing field. I think when you're like, when you are experiencing so many things, to the point where it really allows you to feel more comfortable because you have seen these different groups do all these things and be comfortable doing it. So you're like, well, of course I can be comfortable doing that. You know, they've expanded me in that way because I've been able to experience that. And then you can bring that back to a different part of your life, right? Like, so if you're doing the pole dancing thing and all the people you are with think this is normal and then they go and go to their jobs and live quote unquote normal lives, right? Like you can do that too. Yeah. So it's like you get the permission by having the experience in some way, which I think, especially in this society where it's like we move so fast, we do like we're working so much. We're not ha- taking the time to have those experiences. Yeah. And the one thing that you and I have talked about many moons ago 
is sometimes you need to understand that you might be the first one out the door. You know, you might be the the inspiration. So even though you f- may feel like you're being judged, you're actually being the inspiration to a group of people that you don't even understand they need inspired. Had I on that trolley kept the microphone down, had on, you know, Nora Jones and Jack Johnson playing on the radio, maybe there would have been some people really chomping at the bit to have fun. But because I was fearless a little bit, you know, I, I like I said, I worked the crowd to see my <laughs> see my audience where they Push were the edges. Yeah. <laughs> but being, you know, okay with myself and allowing myself to be inspired by my inner calling at that moment, they then also felt comfortable. So I think it's super important to also understand like you m- might be the inspiration that like hundreds or 10 or thousands of people might be waiting for. There's this one gal on TikTok and she does like, she teaches like stripper dancing, but like not pole, but just like stripper dancing. And she was even doing it when she was like eight months pregnant, nine months pregnant, like just the leg work and all this kind of stuff. And and, and I look at something like that and I'm like, that looks kind of fun. Like, look at her go. like. Like, good for her for being her sexual self. Like, I think it's so funny that we, you know, slut shame or shame people for being sensual and then also and then ask ourselves, like, why are we incapable as, you know, maybe women or mothers to also feel comfortable in that role? Well, it's because we're judging them. Like when we judge them, we're actually judging ourselves. And so I look at it and I'm like, wow, we're being really exposed to all of these very normal people living these very, quote, abnormal lives. And it's opening our minds to women can be powerful fishermen or women can be CEOs or women can pour concrete. You know, like I know a lot of my videos that I put out there, a lot of people are like, wow, you're really inspiring me to start that project that I've wanted to, or you're inspiring me to do that weird thing that I've always wanted to do. And so- I know for myself, by talking about the things that I'm doing, creates normalcy around it. I remember like going back six, seven months ago, if you would have told me, hey, do you want to take an afternoon and pour concrete for a few hours? And then you're going to have to bend over and like flatten it out. And then you're going to like get a trowel thingy and smooth it out. I'd have been like, that is the worst thing I've ever heard in my entire life. Like that is so horrific. You could never make me do that. And then I actually did it and I had so much fun and I felt so much pride and I was really happy with what I had accomplished. And so I think a lot of times we look at things in life as being difficult or challenging or awful, or like, I just want to sit in my couch and like sip wine or coffee, but putting ourselves into these different new expanding experiences allows us to jump timelines so quickly because when we put ourselves in these new experiences, we learn something new about ourselves. And when we learn something new about ourselves, we have a different reaction to the world. We have a different reaction to ourselves. And so when we're constantly doing new things, I don't care if it's learning how to do acrylic nails, I don't care if it's learning how to color your own hair or dig a trench, okay? When you experience those new things, you are jumping timelines. You are expanding exponentially than doing your normal routine each day, day in and day out. And 
as I'm looking at it right now, what they're showing me is, is we can show you. So this is the, this is the, we up there, right? This is the spirit guide showing up here right now. We can expand you by way of many, many means. And if you choose to live a mundane life, if you choose to live the same life day in and day out, the only way we can teach you is through illness, is through death, and is through different forms of suffering. Because you refuse to step outside of your box to expand. And so different things like maybe your child will have a baby that is compartmentalized into the family that you have created. But did that teach you anything? Okay, we need to bring in something new because we know you want to experience X, Y, Z in this human experience. And you refuse to step outside of your box and you want to grow your heart. So how are we going to make this happen? So we only have these tools to work with. So maybe we'll create a car accident. So now we have a car accident to change you, to create this empathy, to be cared for by the loved ones around you, to feel cared for by doctors and so on and so forth. When it would have been so much easier for you to experience growth and expansion by way of learning and experiencing and doing a new activity. For so example, when you're, when you're saying, just to clarify what you're getting a download on, are you saying, so they're saying like what they're putting directly on you and in your path and in your direct environment versus something you could learn by watching like hypothetically watching someone else go through that or experiencing it through like seeing somebody else in an environment like that. Is that what you mean? Okay. So I'll give you an example in my life so that you can understand I'm coming from a, I, I can give you a personal perspective. Okay. So for, it's been four years ago, I had breast cancer surgery, which I talk about here a lot because I want people to know that I don't live just a sparkly life. And so in that experience, I learned to ask for help and allow my husband to care for me. Okay. So in that experience, in that difficult experience, I learned to be vulnerable and loved and not take on and be superwoman. Okay. That was that compartmentalized experience. On the day that I did the concrete and I was sitting there having a water, we're waiting for the cream to come to the top of the month. <laughs> you can't imagine what I've learned. I started crying. I started crying as I watched these two guys, one's 26 and one's 24. And they have been the, the you know, the two main guys on this project with me. And Corey sat down with me and I just started bawling my eyes out. And I said, I have never felt more cared for by two human beings in my entire life than you two. You have cared for me. You have walked this walk with me. You have been here through my breakdowns and my stress. You've talked me off the ledge. You have taught me things that I have never experienced before. And I want you to know how loved I feel by you. Now, we can do that through breast cancer or we can do that by pouring concrete. I will pick pouring concrete to feel loved and cared for and vulnerable and, and learn something about accepting love. Mm. Last night, you sent me a text and you said, what if we talk about you for a minute, Meredith, in a very different way than we normally talk about me, which is through stories. 
And it hit me in such a way that I started to cry because in that moment of you posing the question, I went up into the them, right? Into the spirit guide and I, I tapped into them and I turned the mirror on me. And it was very uncomfortable to spend that time and, and effort and energy on the concept of finding out more about me and healing me. It was very surreal. It was very out of body. It was very jarring because usually I'm working to heal all of you, right? Yeah. I'm usually working to see what can I do to best serve my community? What can I do to best serve the people around me, my clients or whatever it is? So for someone, you, to pose the question of, well, what can we do for you? I recognized that there was a button there that was being pushed, which was self-healing, exploration, and uh, taking time for me. And so that that awareness, that awakening can come through breast cancer. It can come through pouring cement. It could come through people around you being kind and and thinking and caring about you when when your focus is my focus is always so much on the outside world, not on the inside world of myself. And so what they're showing back to the original question that you asked is you have things that you want to experience on this earth. You want to learn to love yourself and accept yourself and learn how to be vulnerable and learn how to love others and learn to not judge. And we can either do it the hard way or we could do it the easy and fun way, right? So like yeah. if you're a very judgmental person and you judge women, like let's say you slut shame women and you judge them for being sexual and dressing a certain way or having, you know, different colored hair or whatever, the, lots of tattoos or whatever, long pointy fingernails, you know, whatever the thing is, you can either decide to soften your heart and accept people for who they are. You know, I see this all the time with the LGBTQ plus community where you have these parents who are staunch, conservative, anti-LGBTQ passing laws and, and trying to uh, control the world around them. And lo and behold, their children are gay. Like, <laughs> like you really want to learn this? Are you sure you want to be yeah. that? Are you sure you don't want to just learn the easy way and Learn how to be loving and compassionate towards all people as Jesus asked you to do. That's the only thing you need to do on this planet is love. And so, you know, the universe has a very funny sense of humor to show you different ways of learning. And we can either do it the hard way or the easy way. So every time you put yourself out there to experience something new, it's an opportunity kind of to do it the easy way. I think that's the best way to say it. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. And you said something earlier to that really struck me about judgment, about judgment of self and judgment of others. I also think when you're looking at these new situations, like we're talking about, like putting your, getting yourself outside your box, going and doing these things, a lot of times maybe we hesitate to do them because we judge, you know, we judge that group or that, that particular act or whatever. And I think the judgment, judgment is such an interesting thing. And it's something I've been playing with so much lately and trying to really notice when I'm judging other people because everything we judge in other people is what we judge in ourselves. Yep. 
it's not, you can't have one and, and not the other. So like something you judge within yourself, you're, you're judging, projecting it out and in like both ways. And I, I also think it's one of those things where if you go and you experience, right, like back to the pole dancing thing, like you go and you, you're like, I've, I've kind of wanted to do that, but I have a judgment about it. So you go there, you experience it. And then that judgment goes away or changes or softens. So then because that softens towards those people, it's also softened within yourself too. So then you have the opportunity to go and do that in a, in a greater way. This is a really cool conversation because I never thought about authenticity and how it relates to getting outside of like having new experiences. I never related it to that. I always thought it was like this, this internal work that you had to do, which, you know, outside, inside, right. It's like all the same thing, but I think being able to have it, have the, the experience in a 3d way affect you inside is a really beautiful and very, I mean, it's, it's, it's so simple. Like just go do things. Go do things. Just go do like one, like you don't have to step three feet out of your comfort zone. You can step like three inches and then another three inches and then another, you know, it can be stacked and layered and you can just keep doing it. And I think that's such a beautiful way to describe it. Well, if you think about it, not being authentic is based on judgment. There's some preconceived moment and thing in your head that says, don't do that because dot, dot, dot. And a lot of that comes from the programming of childhood, you know, like, oh, um, people that color their hair pink are, you know, trash. So Mm -hmm. you really want to color your hair pink and you don't because you've received programming either directly towards self or towards another person because we learn from judgment of others. Right. So if our mom or dad was like, oh my God, I hate people that have long nails. How do they even like go to the bathroom, Right even though they're not judging our nails, we are still hearing that judgment so that when we want to go out and have long pointy nails with roses painted on them, we remember ding, 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 that conversation that our parent had about that other person. So we don't step outside of that box. Again, self-sabotage is not self-sabotage. It's survival. It's Mm -hmm. safety. We are doing something that we have learned to keep us safe. And so when you do not want to be authentic, it's because you are judging yourself and saying, if I do that, then X. And so I'm going to say, stay safe, quote, self-sabotage, stay safe and keep myself as small as possible. Because if I do those things, I'm a bad person. People will judge me for quitting my job. People will judge me for getting a divorce. People will think I'm a bad mom for going on a vacation by myself. Like think of all the things you do and then go deep and ask yourself, why am I not doing this? What is the program that is surrounding this lack of movement from me? Yeah. I remember when I went on my first trip with Skylar, like without my husband, without my family, the internal judgment of how dare she go on this trip without her husband? How dare, like when I came here to start this project in Michigan, I've been away from my family now on and off for six to seven uh, weeks, right? I don't give a shit what people say back home, but people have something to say. Like my husband has people say like, oh, how's it going? Are you okay by yourself? You know? And so we need to recognize 
how society shapes our forward mobility based on the judgment from them and then the fears associated with being judged. So like all of this is going hand in hand, all of it. Yeah. I hope this has built a really beautiful little roadmap for people because I always feel like if nothing else, you know, it's like fun to listen to podcasts and things like that. But if you can take something actionable away from this or from anything that can make your life better, I hope this is something that people feel like, okay, like I've really been wanting to go, you know, take singing lessons. You know what? Like as soon as I like, like, as soon as this podcast is over, I'm going to make that call. Yep. Go do it. Like, Go do it. Go do the thing. Go do the thing. Go do the thing and learn something about yourself. I love this topic so much. Thank you so much for bringing it up today. And like, it's super fun and easy to talk about too, because I think it affects every single one of us Yeah, in such a very real time way. So again, Allison, bringing all the topics, all the ideas, and I love it so much. Thank you for you know, just pinging off our day and getting all of us thinking and changing and evolving. So you're the best. I love you. And we will see everybody here next week. Same time, same sandbox. Send us to your friend if you think they need to hear it. Thanks, Allison. Thanks, Mayor. This was great. See you guys next week. Thanks for listening. If you would like to connect on a more personal level, head over to MeredithWillits.com or on Instagram at Meredith with a Y for behind the scene footage and outtakes. Please subscribe and come back each week for more Meredith with a Y. Thanks again for listening. Cheers.